What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of the Bold City Soccer Show. It's a little late this week. It's been a, been a busy week for the both of us uh, with a bunch of stuff going on, but we're here with a Friday afternoon episode, and we're going to talk about the week of Armada Soccer that it's been. Uh, there was a big win against North Carolina. There was a loss to Charleston, Yeah, the battery, Yeah, uh, and well... There's a big, big match coming up on Saturday against Miami FC. But before we go into that, I got to say that this podcast is brought to you not by Audible this week, but by myself, by me, by Kyle. So here's the story. I am going to Guyana in July, all right, and I'm selling some t-shirts to help raise funds. I'm going to go help some kids in some villages, some kids in schools in the villages, in the jungle there. And I need to raise some money to, uh, well, make the trip. And I'm selling some t-shirts, all right? I got a Steinberger t-shirt, which I think is, personally, I think it's hilarious. I think a lot of you guys would enjoy that. Uh, yes. Um, the link will be down in the description, but the link is alphascissors.bigcartel.com. Cartel? What? Big cartel, right. Yeah, you know. Well, when you need to raise money, you get in bed with some folks that you wouldn't normally get in bed with. That's so. true. Yeah, alphascissors.bigcartel.com. If you do still want to do the whole Audible thing, that's uh, www.audibletrial.com slash boldcitysoccer. And uh, then you can go from there, buy a t-shirt. If you want to chip to you, it's 25 bucks. I can give it to you at a, mat- at, at a match for $22. Or you can just donate if you don't like any of the t-shirts. There's also a donate button. So uh, if you want to help me out with that, that would be wonderful and amazing. And I'm going to love you anyway, but I would love you even more. And I'm not a hugger, so I wouldn't give you a hug, but I'd shake your hand. So now, let me introduce the man, the myth, the legend, who's already actually said something. But hello, Logan. Yo, what's going on, guys? Uh, hope you all had a great work week, uh, a short weekend for all of you. Uh, oh, did I have a good day. work week? Yes, I did, because today was the last day of school. All right. Your boy's done with students for the summer. So he's got it. I'm he's super hyped. To, open a podcast now. No, yes. no stopping. All the grind. All the grind. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, an up, a down, and we'll see uh, what happens on Saturday. Let's just get straight into it, because uh, I know my man Kyle is. Uh, he's just eyeing his Panera sandwich right now. Like I want to eat that, that so bad. Got after. that bacon turkey. Bravo. Exactly. All right. So what happened this week? Uh, well, this week I got sick, and I'm still kind of getting over it. So if you hear me sniffling, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, okay. So first up. It was North Carolina. It was a big match. North Carolina beat the pants off of us a few weeks ago. 3-1, and it was, I mean, two goals isn't like a big deficit, but that game, it was big. The Armada didn't have an answer for North Carolina a few weeks ago in Cary. This past Saturday, though, Zach Steinberger. Holy crap. Zach Steinberger, man. He's on fire. He is killing it. He just just awarded Player of the Month today for the for the league NASL player of the month uh he got player of the week two weeks in a row he scored four goals in two matches he's a goal of the month uh candidate right now yes um and he did stuff in april too he's he on is, fire man he's doing very well he is killing it he's killing it all right so you can tell he is absolutely determined to make his mark and to do his best for the club he is bought in to everything that's happening, and he is showing out for Duval right now. Well, it's actually crazy because, um, you know, we did start with him playing as a winger, uh, and he is a central midfielder. 
uh, we asked Mark because back in April when we were going through the series of draws and we were right. kind of questioning like what was going on when we had uh, Banks and Steinberg on the wings, we um I I remember going to the press conference or I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, you know that that enormous press conference we had last month it was pretty wild stuff <laughs> right um super, yeah super we, important news yeah but we, we asked him we asked like zach's potential and like what like why isn't he playing to the level that we saw him play at the end of last year and lowry said he his form is is to come like straight up he said that zach was not in in full full tune with the season yet in April. Right. He was still um still trying to feel it out, still trying to find his groove. And he said when Zach finds his his groove into the into the squad and integrated into the system, then he's gonna excel and he's gonna have an illustrious um period of time playing in what Mark Lowry has set up for the team. And so far since then we've seen Zach score in nearly every game that he's played in. And uh two he scored against New York, which saved us a point, and that was a magnificent goal. Um, he didn't score in North Carolina, um, but he did score two and assisted one in San Francisco, scored two at the at the weekend this past weekend, and he's just on fire. Mark Lowry called it. Um, credit to the position change because since he's been switched to the central attacking midfield role, he's just been absolutely unstoppable. Um, and, I mean, that's, uh, that's all you can say about him is just that he's been having a great time in the team and he's been the best player by far for uh, Jacksonville. Everything's come through him. All the all the goals, all the assists, everything has just gone through him. And um, I th he's gotten a good amount of support behind him too. You know, the team uh, struggling in, you know, supporting uh, Zach Steinberger and our main our main guy throughout the beginning of the season. And uh, now you see Drew Beckett getting involved a lot in goals, and he's produ producing some you know, really quality crosses to Zach Steinberg, which weren't, weren't both. Uh, no, the second goal against North Carolina was a cross by Becky right. um, on the ground to Steinberger. But yeah, there's, everyone's getting getting uh, behind Zach. Um, that's who the team is focused around right now. And um, with a player playing that well, you just can't you can't leave him. Um, out of your out of your plans as the main point of your plans. Yeah, that man is on fire, and he's 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 going to keep it up. It's it's one of those things where he's found his form, and he's just going to roll with it. Uh, didn't happen. Didn't do very much Wednesday night, I believe. No, there but, wasn't there wasn't much going on. We'll get into that here in a few, but, uh, few minutes. Yeah, uh, Wednesday night was just I think an aberration of what the team can do. Uh, so yeah, Zach Steinberger, man, he just took that game over, and he took uh, the game before that over yeah, San, San Francisco. He's had a uh, big just, two weeks. He's a that's, monster. That's man. the best two weeks we've ever seen a player play in an Armada shirt, right? By far, I would say the best four weeks because he won Player of the Month this week. Yeah, that's month. true, but I mean, so, four, but four four goals. He scored more goals in the past two weeks than um, he, no, he's nearly scored more goals in the past two weeks these past two weeks than Al Hassan Keita scored all last year. And it's seven to four. Keita had scored seven last year, which is crazy. Rip. Um, but that just goes hand in hand with our striker woes. And right. uh, really, if if we can summarize North Carolina and we can summarize Charleston Battery, mm -hmm. the two matches this week, um, I think the biggest talking point would probably be the striker woes. 
and w- what's happening up up top for the team. Um, North Carolina, we got bailed out because Zach, like we've just mentioned, right. is on fire. He's doing very well. Um, and yeah, we got a result from that. And by the way, um, someone uh, Perry asked me a uh, shout out, Perry, um, you, you the man. Uh, he asked me. He he kind of mentioned was our loss to North Carolina in North Carolina. Was it like a fluke? Was it kind of like a fluke? And uh, I told him, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see um, how the game pans out on on Sunday. And I totally believe that North Carolina away was a fluke. And I think we are a better team than North Carolina is. Um, not just because what we saw this past weekend, but I mean, if you remember North Carolina away two weeks ago, it was. Um, a foul. I mean, I don't, I don't like to blame referee decisions and base uh, scores and you know outcomes on decisions by the referee, such like that, or what could have happened. But if you watch the game, which I know a lot of you did, um, you know Drew Becky got fouled. The player tackled through him to get to the ball on the first goal on Marcelin's goal. Um, what, there's one goal where the player was offside that they played, and it happened way before the penalty shout came. The the penalty came that uh, was given up. And uh, North Carolina played a player off sides, and if that was called, nothing would have occurred afterwards, and it wouldn't have been a penalty. It would have, if the scoreline, sh- the scoreline should have shown one-one. To be honest, um, we didn't play as well in that game as we played any other time this season. Um, our fullbacks were exposed throughout the match to Shipolani and to Lang, um, but I think we should have deserved something in North Carolina because it's crucial calls went against us. Um, but like I said, I don't like basing outcomes of games on referee decisions, but I don't think, I do think that the game at North Carolina was a fluke and, um, I think we are a better team than them. And I'm really glad the team showed that, you know, two weeks ago, they put it behind them. First of all, like they didn't let, let it get into their minds that, yeah, we just lost to this team. Um, and they got out, they got two quick goals fast. And uh, though they gave up a goal late in the game, the defense was just solid throughout the match. And it was a spectacular goal. What can you say? Uh, you know, I think in North Carolina that they were they were kind of surprised by the press and surprised by how North Car- Carolina played. Um, and then North Carolina came down came down to Jacksonville and played pretty intense up the pitch. I mean, they were pressuring Caleb when he was on the ball. And, like, that's intense. They were pressing hard, which is wild to do a when you're away and b when it's 300 degrees outside oh yeah it's hot. uh but they were pressing forward and we were prepared for it and we knew about it we knew what was going to happen i would have liked to see uh derek starting yeah because he had the pace he's got the pace to kind of get up behind him and i know jonathan's kind of speedy when he wants to be but i think derek would have been a better option starting at striker not that it changes much yeah um because we just need a new guy anyway. I yeah. think we need, we need someone to come in and, and, and do a job there. Yeah, that, that leads into what I was just going to say. Um, if you want to switch into Charleston, and I'll yeah. talk about can Charleston you, a little bit. Here, can you summarize the Charleston match in four words? Oh, gosh, four words. Four words. Um, their defense was strong. And okay. I say that because... I had to count. I thought that was five at first, <laughs> but it's four words. Four yeah, words. Confirm. Um, you didn't play that well. We, um, we didn't create any opportunities. We did not pressure the goalkeeper. We did not test their goalkeeper throughout the match. Um, we had 66, 68%. I, 
I saw the stat right. line after the game. Um, but it's one of those two possessions. Uh, that's how much of the ball we had throughout the match. We just didn't do anything with it. And we were we had the ability to carry the ball up the field. We carried it through um, through Zach a lot. Um, Rebion was highly uh, well not effective, but he he was used a lot on the left left side uh, starting the match midweek. And he actually looked pretty decent, but he didn't have that pace that you know Jamal Johnson or Charles Alondu can bring on. Um, and instead of really trying to get by the defender and attack the byline. Um, mm-hmm. He, there's a lot of cutting back and crossing to no one, and there wasn't numbers in the box. Uh, no one just really seemed up for it, really, on Wednesday night. And the reason I say the defense was strong is because, dude, like our, I'm telling you, everything just was not going for us, uh, whether it was in the striker position to um, our defense was kind of it. I mean, we only allowed one goal, and it was an own goal, but still – that was a defensive woe was the own goal by Drew Becky. Um, and our crosses were poor as well. Uh, Drew Becky could not get across past their first defender. And their center backs played really well. Um, there was a lot of space on the on the right-hand side for sure because uh, Drew Becky is the one that attacks that space. Uh, it's not usually Kalen Ryden who's up the field like that. Um, so Drew Becky had space, but crosses just weren't coming in. Coming in. If I mean, if it was on the ground, it was cleared instantly. If uh, it was mid-range in the, in the air, it was a quick header away from the first defender. And the crosses that went over the first defender, second defender, they were they were near no one. They went over everyone. Um, so I think it was just one of those games. You know, I uh, don't really want to summarize that game, and I don't want to put it in relation to you know, our regular season games and you can't really base like that's the team that we are. Cause that was really an off game. Um, but yeah, it's just, we couldn't take, make any chances. It's not that we didn't take our chances. We just couldn't make any, which was crazy because of how much of the ball we've had, we had and how many, how much space we had, uh, in the attack. Um, I think Kevon George not playing was, it's kind of weird because Kevon George always plays. Um, he's the transition guy. He's the one that can pick the ball up in the defense and move it forward into the attack. Um, and playing without him was kind of weird. Marupu was more defensive, obviously, because that's how he plays. He's a more defensive, uh, central midfielder. And I just think we weren't up for it. Um, and that I'm really losing my patience with our two strikers. And I, for all you guys, you know, there've, there've been back and forth, um, talking about who's better, who's more suited, Gebhard, Glenn, um, which G do, would you prefer? Um, the, I'm losing my patience with both of them because Derek Gebhard, he's got the ability to be fast and find himself in open space and yep. um, make opportunities for himself, and he's not. Um, he he has had chances. He, he scored a banger against San Francisco, but that's all that he's done. He's got one goal in 24 appearances. Um, which is not good enough. That's horrible. And um, yeah, sure, he's still young. He's still got time to develop, but you know, we don't have time right now. We are challenging for first place against Miami FC this weekend, and we need someone to step up, and that's not going to be Zach Steinberger every time because he doesn't get the most amount of opportunities in a game. Zach Steinberger is effective, and he's efficient on the uh, on the chances that he gets created for himself, but you cannot expect a central midfielder to be that efficient 
in a consistent basis. Is that, um, all the, uh, more, the most opportunities are going to come through your striker who gets in those advanced positions. And right now, neither of our two strikers look like they're on a pace to be able to make any impact for the team. And that's why um, that was Derek Gebhard with his pace and not being able to create. John Glenn, he's just had lazy games. San Francisco was bad. Um, North Carolina, he had a few shots in goal, but not effective. Um, Derek Gebhard, midweek, didn't do anything. And it's just it's becoming frustrating because we've had – We've tried so many different combinations of strikers from Keita to Gebhard to Krasanovic to um, Fondi to Glenn. There have been so many strikers that have come through this team and no one has stepped up to the occasion to be a prolific goal scorer for the club. And I think... Tommy K beat the Cosmos, though. He did Never beat the Cosmos. That's, uh, that is true. That, for, that will forever reign in our hearts. Yes. Um, but there's been no one that's come t- through this team um, or that's been signed by this club that is able to produce goals at an outstanding number and you know that's a big worry and uh, if we if they keep if they keep up if a striker can't step up if Glenn or Gebhardt can't step up then we're not going to win the spring title and I, I seriously do think just ending it right here that we need to we've got to pick up a striker we've got to drop Glenn or drop Gebhardt and last year I think we dropped Fondy too early um Maybe I don't know. I don't really have a full opinion on I don't Glenn think, yet. I don't think we should get rid of him. I, I meant like keep I him. meant like drop from like from the team. Okay, not, not okay, team, okay. I I'm you know what I mean like Fondy we got rid of too quick. Like we actually got rid of him. Right. Um. I think if if we like dropped him down, put someone else in, that would have you know made him made him a better player for for our team. Um. I see where you could have gotten confused with my words a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm tired of Gebhard though. Like Gebhard can go the hot take of the day Gebhard you can leave the club thank you um okay Glenn I don't have a full opinion on but I'm getting I'm getting antsy with him and that's just how I feel man we need a player that'll come into this team and that is uh known for scoring goals and that has the the ability to score goals for example where's Pablo Campos at ex-Minnesota United forward he was a very good goal scorer he played for Miami last year and he's not even near the lineup now I don't even think he still plays for them um, just a player like that that has a good record in the NSL to score goals and uh, is, has the ability to be on the score sheet. That's our main problem is the striker worry. And it, it is pretty worrisome coming into a match against Miami FC coming up tomorrow where we're going to need goals or else we're not going to beat them. Uh, one thing I do want to say about the Open Cup match in Charleston is don't freak out about it too much. Uh, I know in the past USL has been Division Three. But this year they're Division Two, so they've got better players on board. They've got, you know, you know how it goes. You know, they're Division Two. They've got better players in because they're Division Two. They've got a little bit more money to spend on players because they're Division Two. All that stuff. Uh, and Charleston is first in the East. Yeah, Charleston's playing very well right now, and they've they're been, the they've best. Been a very good team the past right. few years. They're the best team in the East of the usl they're and the, they're the best team in the whole in the whole yeah league. just looking at the points well san antonio has 29 points san antonio monarchs have more points but that's, uh that's crazy monarchs were like last place last year. right yeah um but this is not a usl podcast logo we we Sorry, can't talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. yeah okay so uh charles is the best team in the east uh they're they're up there top three in the the league as a whole for usl so they're not a bad team charleston is a good team all right, and 
Uh, it would have gone to extra time had there not been the own goal, the mishap there, uh, which happens. It happens. It's fine. It's not a big oh, yeah. deal. I, I forgot to talk about that. Uh, did you watch? Did you watch my game? Saw a little bit of it. I didn't uh, see the. You didn't see the own goal. No. Um. Yeah. By the way, it's it don't don't blame uh don't blame Drew Becky too much uh, or too harshly on uh the own goal. By the way, uh there was an attacker, a uh, Charleston forward uh, on his back when he went to clear the ball. Uh, he had to make a sliding a sliding effort to be able to actually clear the ball um, in the first place, and he came in at a bad angle. And if you let the ball go, it's an easy tap. Um, a tap in. It's an e- yeah, sorry. It's an easy tap in into the back of the net, or you can attempt to clear the ball at the angle that you're at, and hopefully it works out for you. So uh, yeah, I think the to be harsh on Becky is. Um, not cool. Uh, I think uh, he didn't really have much of a choice in that situation. Um, he it was honestly just the angle he came in was was horrible, and how his position was uh, really bad in that scenario. And it's just unfortunate. It's a horrible way you want to lose, especially a cup game. Right. Uh, so yeah, don't. I mean, sure they're eliminated from the Open Cup, but uh, realistically, what they would have that's only a good thing. They would have played one extra game. After that, yeah, and it's in, not a in, in Atlanta United who are good this year. Oh my year. gosh, yeah. And if you think about it too, we would have played that game three days before we play Miami FC at Miami FC. You know, we've right. got a really big stretch of games coming up, and that works out in our favor because we may not be in the cup anymore. But my, Miami is. Miami beat Tampa Bay two uh, nil on Wednesday, and now three days earlier they have to go to Orlando City to play, and. Who knows what lineup they'll throw out there? Um, you know, it's honestly up to the manager there how high they 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 set the bar for cup games and regular season games and such like that. But that could work out heavily into our advantage, even though their roster is super deep. And I see Kyle looking at the roster right now, rolling his eyes. Kyle, Miami FC on Saturday. How are we feeling? Yeah, you know, it's a first place matchup. Armada win, and that's three points, and it takes them to the top of the league. It's a big ma- big game for the club. Miami's good, man. Miami is good. They've got players all up and down this yeah, field. They've got talent everywhere. Talent everywhere. Talent everywhere, man. They are just it's they are the team. They're the team to beat, clearly, because they're in first place. But they're the guys. They're the ones. If if we win on Saturday, if we win tomorrow, uh first place in the league and we have the advantage going forward but it's going to be a tough job man tough job they've got some former armada players most notably richie ryan our former captain who very good all right they're 100 um, i'm not entirely sure if he's played much this year because i haven't watched miami fc but just knowing the type of player he is i know he's good i know he probably has they also have a uh, mr effort himself tyler ruthven <laughs> He hasn't played at all this season, by the way, guys, because he's not a good player. Well, he's also been hurt. <clears throat> yeah. He's also been hurt. I mean, that give, too. Give, give the man his credit. Um, give the man his credit. I know I know he can't. you can't see what he tweets because he blocked you, but uh, <laughs> give, he's been hurt, all right? But they've got some, man, let's just, let's just look at their midfield. Yeah, their midfield's crazy, dude. They've got stacked. They got Michael Lahoud, Lahoud um, from from New York Cosmos. From New York Cosmos. They've got uh, well, Poku plays Poku. more forward. Uh, Poku, he's yeah. the man. Poku, Poku. Uh, he plays more forward than he did last year, or he ever did for NYCFC. He's actually 
used to play for Georgia Revolution, which is a uh, fourth tier um, team. That's where he like started, and they went to right. NYCFC, now Miami. Uh, Richie Ryan, we just mentioned. They've got Michelle from FC Dallas. Uh, did I already say? Yeah, I said Lahu. Johnny Steele, Northern Ireland um, international. He'll break played your legs. For, yeah, played for uh, Minnesota United. Um, they, dude, this midfield's crazy. Midfield's absolutely insane. I think. I think Poku is going to be the difference maker for them. Yeah. And I know we're kind of skipping around and jumping around, and normally that's like one of the last things we cover for a team. But Poku's the difference maker for Miami FC yeah, on he's, Saturday. He's honestly, he was the steal for them because he. Oh, no doubt. He, um, playing for NYCFC, it was the end of, not the end, it, he came on the scene heavily during like the middle of their um, 2015 season, their opening season. Right. And that, of course, they didn't have a good year that year. He killed um, it, though. Yeah, he was insane. Killed it in He was insane for NYCFC. He, and then uh, their new coach was – not their new coach. They didn't get a new coach. I'm no. stupid. Their second year just pushed yeah, him out. Yeah, second year pushed him out. But he, he was actually, like, on fire for NYCFC. Right. He, uh, he was the man. He was getting man of the match awards. He was, like, he was leading that, that squad that was really down um, uh, during their first year. And for some reason – I don't even know how Miami picked him up for 750 grand. Even also, um, I've never heard of an, I've never seen an, M- an MLS caliber player like that um, in playing how he was playing go to an NASL team. Just, yeah, it's just wild. Completely just drop. It's not a drop because he's still playing great uh, football, but um, he's, but it's just crazy to think that he, yeah, he was once the man for NYCFC and now he's, he's, was sold for seven hundred and fifty grand, just like Richie Ryan was from Jacksonville. But um, he was sold NYCFC to Miami. It's just absolutely insane. I don't know how they got that player. Uh, another player to watch for is Pino. He's a he's an attacker for him. Stefano Pino. I I'm not I'm not entirely sure on the pronunciation. Stefano Pino. All right. Uh, you that said that my, like an Italian. That That's not. He's not Italian. I can't. I can only do it like a British accent. Right. I can't uh, do. Okay. Okay. Ex Fort Lauderdale striker. <laughs> yes, he's dangerous. Uh, he'll score the moves on you. He'll put the moves on you and and score the score moves the moves. I don't know what I'm saying, man. I'm I'm sick. I, I'm telling you. Uh, but yeah, he's he's gonna be a guy to watch for. There's guys like I've said before about other teams. There's there's people up and down the field for these guys. Uh, it's they're just stacked. They're a good team and they have the depth. I think to. Um, handle playing on Wednesday and turning around and playing again on Saturday. They've got the depth to handle it. They have the players to uh, cover for that. And the Armada Nest don't really have the depth at all. Yeah, it's gonna that. be it's gonna be tough to see how we play on right. Saturday because we we played our starters, dude. Like. We we don't really have much behind our our starters. Our our backups are, I mean, we have backups, but we yeah. don't have a big squad. Um, so Saturday's gonna Saturday's gonna be weird, man. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna take a lot because there are some tired legs after that game. There there was I mean, Charles is not an easy team. There was a lot, uh, a lot, um, going into that match and what came out of that match, and it was a big test. And coming into Miami FC, where it's just a better team, we'll see how how the guys are, how how fit they are, uh, to be able to endure another another match against a quality opponent. Um, I I don't know what to expect honestly from this game. Um, we're gonna go pretty. I'll give a prediction really quick since we're talking about it. Um, 
I think we lose this game. And oh. I hate to say that, man. Like, Let I, the record state that Logan has finally predicted a loss. Like I, I hate to say that we're going to lose this game. But who was it that asked me? Uh, I was uh, Ryan, Ryan uh, Sawlings, I think, that asked me. Uh, or no, or was it Brent? I can't remember which one it was. But they said, when is Armada going to get their first loss at home? And I told them straight up, I was like, June 3rd. Um, so I'm sticking by it. I just on a short turnaround a week, I just think uh, they're the, they're going to be the more fit squad. I mean, they can shift their team around. They um, they're strong in attack uh, with the most goals scored in the league this season. Yeah, they've scored um, 15, which is one more than North Carolina and three more than the next closest team. So they are far and away the best best attack. In yeah, the and their their defense isn't even horrible either. Like they they're they have the for, best goal differential. Yeah, they're tied for second in uh, in goals allowed. So, I just think, I don't know, man. It's, you know, obviously, I support the Armada, or else I wouldn't be doing <laughs> <in> this. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Yeah, You're crazy. an Armada fan? What? Um, but, you know, sometimes you just got to face reality, and you have to be true to yourself and true and honest to you know, the people that you're talking to and um, all of you that are hearing my beautiful voice through the mic, I think it's going to be a 1-0 loss. Um, that defense is going to be tough to break, and especially with uh, no striker op- the striker options we have right now that are just struggling. Um, I don't see us, unless there's more heroics from Zach Steinberg, I just don't see us getting past that defense and getting through that midfield with such uh, brilliance as we have uh, in the past um, few games uh, against lesser opponents. I'm going to stick to 1-0. Um I really don't want to say that because I really hope that we can get first place. It would be absolutely monumental if we could get a win on Saturday and that could just keep leading up to another pivotal game in two weeks where we play away to Miami again. But I just think it's going to be a 1-0 loss. And I still still love the guys, but this team still has plenty to work on in the attacking third. And, you know, this defense is going to be tested heavily um, on Saturday with just the amount of you thought I thought that San Francisco Delta's attack was good mm-hmm. Miami's steps ahead of that in Poku and Pino and Ariel Martinez so many talent uh, so much talent and such a great pool of players in that Miami side it's it's gonna be a hectic game uh, I'm a little more optimistic about this match I think it'll come away and the Armada will pull off a 1-1 draw uh I know that's like, what? But I think it'll happen. I think the Armada can do it. I think we'll uh, either see some heroics or we'll just see a good match. Uh, So, yeah, I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. Uh, Keep them even. I think the big match, the big decider for the season, for the spring season, is going to be that June 17th match in Miami. Um, I want to say that the key player is going to be Zach this week, but I don't think so. I don't think Zach's going to be the key player for the Armada this week. I think the guy that we need to look for, the guy who needs to do a job and do his best job is Kevon. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. Kevon yeah. George. Yeah. Um, he, right there as the point man, as the pivot guy there in the defensive midfield, uh, he's going to be the first guy who stops the attack, stops the Miami attack. He's going to be the first guy to, or at least disrupt it. Uh, and he's got to do a job. He's got to do what he can. He's got to do his best job to help out the defenders behind him and the goalie behind those defenders. Uh, if Kevon George doesn't have a great match, then 
I think it falls apart for the Armada. I think it all depends on the defensive midfield this weekend. I think uh, Mark Lowry is going to revert. You know, we saw success against um, North Carolina FC this past weekend with Jack Blake and Kevon George as the duo in the midfield. I think Lowry's going to switch it up. Um, Miami, excellent midfield, excellent all across the board. Uh, I think they're, we're going to go with a more defensive switch where it's going to be Marpu and George um, back in the starting 11 together. Um, I just don't see how, you know, Jack Blake, he's more attacking minded, but we can't focus too much on the attacking side of the ball of this match or else we're going to get caught out on the other. I end. think this is definitely a counterattack match. Yeah. I think uh, even, even, even if you don't, even for you that don't think it's going to be one of those matches where we just look for the counters, we're not going to get many opportunities in, in the opposing side of the field because Miami they do. They hold. They hold their their team, their opponents to little to nothing. Even right. North, not North Carolina. Even New York Cosmos. When Cosmos came to play at Miami, though it was at Miami, Miami put up twenty five shots in comparison to like five. Yeah, they don't. They don't give you a lot of chances. Yeah, they don't. Uh, it's definitely going to be a counterattack match, which leads me to say that I want to see Derek Gebhard starting because he's a little faster. And I'm, than, o- I'm open. Than Glenn. I'm and open I want to see. Yeah. I want to see that guy out there and doing his job. Uh, I think it's the midfield as far as what it's been is going to stay the same. Jamal, uh, yeah, Zach, and JC Banks out on the midfield. Uh, like you said, with the defensive midfield, I agree with that. I actually do agree with that. I think we're going to see Marapu and Kevon George. Kevon George is the man. You never. It's his leave, job. You never leave him off the team sheet. It's his job this weekend. And then the def- the defense and the goalie are going to stay the same because they're like, that's <laughs> there's no reason to change any of those guys out. Yeah, they're exactly. they've been great all year. Yeah, I think right? I think Meshack Jerome's going to have to have a huge match as well because, um, Poku, you're not you don't want to. If I'm being honest, you don't I don't want to match Pitch Cole up with Poku, uh, unless there's a scenario which they just end up right. being matched together. I think Meshack Jerome's going to have his hands full with uh, Quadwo Poku. This weekend, um, obviously our strongest defender, um, our best defender, and he's he's going to have to play a good game. He's a consistent player. He's been consistent for us. He hasn't had many bad games, but this is going to be one of those games where he's got to step up uh, immensely for the team because we can't give Poku opportunities because he's lethal when it comes to goal scoring, and he can he can nudge off a player easily. He's very strong on the ball. Um, a very smart, smart player too. And though he's not the quickest player, he's um, with his strength, he can get by anyone. So it's going to be Meshach Jerome paired up with Poku. It's going to be it's going to be a clash of the ages. First place match, first place on the line. Uh, Miami's ahead by two points. A win by the Armada puts them in the in first place. It's a big match for the boys. A big local, not local. I guess uh, it's as local as you can get in the NASL, yeah, though. Big Florida, big Dar- Florida that's what Derby there, it. which and is that's what they've called every match between Florida teams for the last three or four years. But we'll we'll skip that. We'll go, we'll go with it. <laughs> we'll go with it. Sure. All right. So we've got the big Florida Derby, the big match. Uh, it's honestly the only match in the NASL that kind of matters right now. Uh yeah, no shade to the other guys, but screw North Carolina. Right, yeah. No, like literally, them. I hate North Carolina. They're like, the go, worst. Go off. <laughs> um yeah, so you know it's a big match this weekend. 
big chance for the boys to step back and step up from the, their disappointment this this week in the Open Cup, which I want to say, uh, did they? I Mark Lowry isn't this type of coach, right? But do you think they kind of like chilled a little bit on Wednesday, knowing that they had this big matchup on Saturday? That's what that's what I was like questioning going into the match because you know Mark Lowry, if you watch the FA Cup and such, like English managers are just like they usually subject themselves to unless you're like lower league. Um, these English managers don't really take the cup as serious, but right. I think uh, I don't think that's the case because he's so intense, yeah, man. He, like he's, he's just he's, he's all in on everything yeah, he does. He's passionate, I don't think he's he's passionate about everything he does. You don't think that he is the type to just. Um, throw a game off like that uh i think i honestly with the lineup we put out because we could have played Derek fisher we could have played um any of our backups we played rebion which is pretty cool we could have put nasta in there we could have um gave becky or pitch colon or one of those guys a break but we didn't and that's what makes me think and realize that yeah uh, lowry actually was having a go at the game but it just wasn't our night all right well i think that's uh that's all we got for you guys this week Sorry for the late show. Um, I mean, we got to talk about the Open Cup a little bit, and we got to avoid previewing the op- Open Cup, which would would have made us sound like idiots, I'm sure. Uh, but you know what? That's life. It happens sometimes. I hope you guys enjoyed this special special uh, Friday Friday edition of the Bold City Soccer Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, working through my sniffles and my coughs and my throat clears and Logan's bad takes. We'll see you guys out at the match tomorrow. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye.